Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. Hey, everybody. We find the reoccurring themes of archetypal stories in centuries of literature. They are the narratives that are passed down to remind us of how best to live. They represent more than tales for fun or imaginary accounts spoken for entertainment. I remember being told that George Washington, as a six-year-old boy, once chopped down his father's cherry tree with a new hatchet he had received as a gift. When his father confronted him, George said, I cannot tell a lie. I did cut it with my hatchet. Washington was embraced by his father and was told his honesty was worth more than a thousand trees. The cherry tree myth, like others told for a thousand years or more, showed readers that Washington's achievements, his public greatness, was due to his private virtues. Archetypal stories like these have been passed down for centuries, and you could say, as Carl Jung did, that they are part of our collective consciousness, and we tell them to remind ourselves and others who we are and what's best for us to be as we live out our humanity. Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst who was born in Switzerland in 1875, and he died there in 1961. So his life's work and research of 86 years was influential in the fields of psychiatry, anthropology, archaeology, literature, philosophy, psychology, and religious studies. He may be best known for the development of what we now know as introversion or extroversion personality theory. Dr. Young also proposed the existence of archetypes in the world. The 12 main ones that he named for us were the innocent, everyman, hero, outlaw, explorer, creator, ruler, magician, lover, caregiver, jester, and sage. We see these archetypes in stories every day in the movies we watch. There is an old archetypal story about a king a hero and ruler, who stayed at home in the spring, a time of year when kings would go out to war with their armies. But this king's army left without him as their commander. He slept in, and instead of fulfilling the duties of his regal role, he put his unused aggressions and male testosterone into things which were not good. A woman who was the wife of another, the murder of her innocent husband, and a subsequent child that died as the king suffered for his missteps made while staying at home. In the end, his mischiefs and misplaced energies and behaviors caused him and many innocent others in his family decades of grief until his eventual death. This old and ancient 2,000-year-old story reminds all of us of our responsibilities for our various roles. And if we begin to slide, If we begin to take time off, things break down, the effects of which can spread into all the other parts of our lives. Our vigilance makes us watchful. It makes us relevant. It makes us on time for things that matter. Turning to sales leaders, here's what this means to those who lead the millions of salespeople in the world. Here are 14 vigilant actions for sales leadership. Number one, get your personal goals set for the new year. Physical, business, certainly sales, 
financial, spiritual, personal? What are your main responsibilities in these areas and how will you measure progress? Number two, help your reps set their goals for the new year. For example, sales, income, income per sale. And number three, set the team's goals by rolling up the reps' goals. And if the team goal is not high enough for the company, then renegotiate some of those rep goals higher and tell them they have to make more money and have a better life. And they need to decide where they're going to put that money. Number four, keep a daily, weekly, or monthly spreadsheet of results. Number five, you can then update a team sales board every week, maybe every day, depending upon the size and volume of sales, and certainly at month end. Hold sales meetings every week and think of them as huddles leading to winning the game at the end of each month. Number seven, do an end-of-the-month progress and adjustment meeting and evaluate the progress in that month and also where we are year-to-date. Number eight, hold one-on-ones with your people every month. Some you're going to have to meet with more often or when you see performance or attitudinal lapses. Number nine, be on sales calls with your people as much as possible. Don't sit at home in your office. Go to war with them and coach them after meeting with prospective customers. Number 10, teach a sales process and its steps and skills and then coach to it. Number 11, teach an activity process and keep track of key activity levels that help ensure sales income goals are met. Key activity levels like first appointments held and quotes presented. Know the ratios of First appointments held to quotes and quotes to closing. In other words, you'll know what those ratios are for top and mid-level performers. Know these numbers for each rep each month and help them understand and learn the success ratios. Number 12, do team outings to reduce stress and to build relationship between sales reps. Number 13, make sure you recognize mid-level performers as well as top performers. They are often unappreciated and valued. And number 14, confront a rep as soon as their performance begins to slip or they portray a bad attitude in front of you, the team, or the customers. Interestingly, I've found that many sales leaders or managers today do not do the first three actions of vigilance. They go to war without any goals of their own inside themselves They sit at home and in business without specific changes to fight for in their own lives. Even small business and agency owners do this at the start of the year without any goals for their P&L statement at the end of the year. No top-level sales goals or profit goals at the bottom. No wonder their work gets off course, out of focus, and into anxiety and behaviors that lead to negative attitudes or habits that produce a bad effect that then spills over into other parts of their life. They stop sleeping well, loving well, and leading well. They also go to war without any concrete objective that touches the hearts of those they lead. They go corporate. In larger companies, they have meaningless goals that are budgeted from above by people who have no idea what inspirational leadership looks like. Hey, we're just going to get a 10% increase. 
They don't know what goals look like that are directed by reps' desires and needs through one-on-ones and individual meetings that bring out their competitiveness or maybe their ambitions for what kind of a better life a specific amount of money could build for them. What this means is that most goals for salespeople are directed by a corporate vision at the rep level and at the team level. Someone sits at home and gives directives without any amount of coordination with the people going to war. All the other actions of vigilance, tracking progress, using sales boards, holding weekly sales meetings, teaching and coaching skills in the sales process, and the others I listed for you, are in-the-war actions. Leadership behaviors that show you care about them winning, and you care about the customer winning. I know you will make sure that you will fight with them as a king will do. Your courage and skills will blend with theirs. The reps will see that you care that they get better and achieve the things important to them. You will not sit in your office or leave them on their own. You will not wait to see what the results end up being. You will take responsibility for the team's well-being and success at winning what's important to them. You will be vigilant. You will be there. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.